Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. We are back for 2023 and back on Gadigal land, part of the Eora Nation. And we want to start, as we always do and should, with acknowledging Elders past, present and emerging and place our gratitude and respect for their care of the land for thousands of years. Now, down to the podcast. Happy New Year, James Hancock. Happy New Year, Rhonda Brighton Hall. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Good start to the year too. Back a few days. Good. What are we doing this year? We've got a new look, right? We have a new look. I got do. a haircut. I've dyed my hair. <laughs> like it's wild here. You can't see it. But also the podcast has been up there. For the second time since we opened the business, yep. we did photography. And it's not something we're very comfortable with. So it's actually quite fun. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to go out to dinner. That was nice, wasn't it? It was beautiful. That was better than the photography. Yeah, um, yeah but we've got a new look, new music, which we quite like, and yep. here we go, 2023. Okay, great. So let's start exactly where we thought we would start, intentionally, yep. from December 2022. We wrote an article about the five trends that we were looking at right across culture, people, workforces, and we gave five trends, and we yep. want to talk about them. Yeah, we got asked a lot. Um, about it from different customers across industries, different levels and everything else. And so this is sort of like our list, but from a lot of other brains as well. I know. And yeah. even this week, hit the ground running, we're back in with a lot of clients this week. Yeah. Exactly these five. Yeah, they're talking about it. And it's yeah, there. maybe they read it, maybe they didn't. I don't know, <laughs> but hopefully. And it, yeah, yeah, I think it's on point. And certainly they're living it. Absolutely. So the five trends, let's summarize them first, then we'll go into detail because I think they're really important. And if they didn't keep people up in 2022, they would definitely keep the people up this year. Okay, so first one, two-speed workforce, hybrid, but not as you know it. We want to talk a bit about what that means. Yep. Second one, humanity versus technology and connecting the right ways, not just over-connecting or under-connecting or whatever that might be. Yep. Using technology for people. Yeah, totally. Third, organizational culture is finally being valued and fully understood, and increasingly so, which we're very excited about. Fourth one is this we've got this massive laggard in capability build, which now needs to be built at speed. Mm-hmm. But this is putting huge pressure in the right way on the way learning can be done and how we could do that, which I think is exciting. And the fifth one is community build as a leadership capability, as an employee capability. What is community and how would we build it? Love it. I still think the list stacks up beautifully. I, I think it does too. Like it's, you always wonder, but there's so many other things. Everyone wants to give it a jargony topic. Yeah. We're like, no, we think there's the five. Agree. So let's leap in. So let's start with number one, two-speed workforce, two-speed teams. What is it? What is this? Yeah, well, for me, it means a whole lot of things. I think people are talking two-speed, hybrid. I'm never going to the office again. I really want to go to the office again. You're getting this whole, like, I'm working harder than I ever had, and I'm, like, hanging out with my dog. And this is cool. I like these things. Um, But that's the the point of two-speed is some people are running really fast. Some people are walking pretty slow, and they're doing it in really different ways. And that causes, I think, the risk is it causes a tension between people, actually. Yeah, I think and I think because we've got into this, um, we're all away hanging out with our bubble group. Yeah. Um, we've got into this way of arguing where we exaggerate the other person's situation so that ours looks smarter. 
100%. Yep. And in this one, it plays out if someone says, I've got these guardrails, I'm never leaving my house again, the dog and I are staying at home, working that way for the rest of our natural lives. And someone else says, actually, I really want to get back to the office, see my friends. I'm really enjoying being with them. I want to create, I want to workshop, I want to have a good time. And people say, well, you're you're going to burn yourself out. You say, well, no, I don't want to burn myself out, but I do want to be back amongst it. I've got a career to build. I want to work hard. I'm really enjoying my job. It doesn't mean you want to burn yourself out. And likewise, a person who doesn't want to commute doesn't mean that they're a recluse. I think you're getting this really, you're getting people feel much higher conviction in their ways the right way. It's like my way or the highway. Yes. So I love doing it like this. And so this is the way it must be done. And I don't care what you want to do. Well, that's not the point, really. Yes. And there's got to be middle ground. And we've always found it at work. And that's where great work happens. Yes. But people aren't finding it happily. There's a lot of marketing as well, I think. Like I love beating that up a bit yeah a lot of marketing saying wow like all roles flex we're hybrid we're doing this we've always done it we're doing it better than ever and i'm like be sitting alone in the office so like i'm yeah. nailing it you know yeah. like in your photo about and whenever it. you're doing i'm doing better and smarter so you're working a four-day week we're going to three like it's yeah. like this constant competition yeah as opposed to what's the work we're doing together how do we want to do it yeah what's the right what's right for you right for me how do we make this work for both of us yeah and how do we make it work for the team that's the missing bit of the conversation people are going i'm okay jack yeah, it's actually stopped being about the work and outcomes and started being about, I don't know, something else. Something else. Couldn't tell you, like just the pattern opposed to does the pattern work? I think that's the core yeah. and the very And the very value of work is lost because it's seen as this evil thing we have to commute to it, torturously go through it, then commute back. Yeah. Whereas there's lots of people, whether they be, you know, a professional athlete, a personal governor, a franchise business, whatever it happens to be, this is purposeful work that people enjoy doing. Yeah. And it's not torture. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's actually good fun. And I would say, and we're, we'll probably talk a little bit longer than our 15 minutes on this podcast because these topics are so, I think, very important. Yeah, absolutely. But we are seeing the divide on this hard guardrail. It's all about how I want to work. N equals one. This is yep. my rules mm-hmm. versus I'm going to overwork myself yeah. in the balance. It's actually divided in a couple of ways. And I think that's important too because it's not being divided yep. of equally it's like first of all we're seeing a very strong divide in hierarchy yeah totally and i I keep making executives that are taking the workload of their team because they don't want to be that evil executive who burns people out when they want to stay at home with their dog yeah so they just keep taking on more work and you are seeing executives literally fall over like that's a huge problem that's hierarchically split yeah they don't want to be the non-woke leader who doesn't understand hybrid or something like that so they just keep taking work yeah totally second one gender Yep. So there is a gender bias that work from home schemas are allocated more work to women. Mm-hmm. And so as a as a consequence, um, women are sort of carrying a lot more of that load. Mm-hmm. It's need to make sure that the men don't come back and the women stay at home and we end up with all the work. Yeah. Um, third one, toe in the water, because it will be one of those really controversial ones to say, although everyone we're talking to about is, is seeing it, is it's got an age hierarchy to mm. it too. It's an age divide. Yep. Um, and there's a perception of grit and energy and wanting to be there because you're young and you're busy and you want to get done. Yeah. Or if your kids have left home and you're free and you can work. Yeah. But there's this group in the middle that's saying, I've got to get my kids to school. I've got to get my kids home from school. I've got other things in my life. I've yeah. got friends, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And so they're sort of seen as not having the energy yeah. that the under 30 group has. Mm. And you're seeing a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, go to people in a millennial leadership style um, that in the past would have gone to people in their 30s and 40s. Yeah, I think that's big. And I think the other thing that's interesting, and I don't, I I can't think of a time at work where it's been as pronounced as this, but you're seeing a 
um, like a big skip level of a generation or two, like you say, which is like, hey, like the person that was deeply experienced that might have been my mentor somewhere is actually now like my boss or my peer yeah, and not that middle layer because of all those factors. I yeah. think that's quite interesting. It's probably got some really great benefits. Yeah. Um, but I feel sad for that middle a little I, bit. I've, if that's I the feel way it's sad for the middle. I think it's about giving them some thoughts and advice and thinking or awareness even of what it means to not be connected in. Yeah. Because the reality is uh, affinity bias is one, but also this presenteeism that we are yeah. so hard on. Yeah. Um, we like people we get to hang around with more. We That's get right. to know them. We hear their stories. They share their lives with us. Yeah. And as a consequence, we trust them a bit more. They trust us a bit more. And next yeah. thing you know, you are giving them the yeah. opportunities. And and you see that time and again. And that's an oldest time sort of yeah. idea. Yeah. But if you're around and you're hearing the conversations and the opportunities are there, yeah. you can choose not to be around. Absolutely go you. But just be conscious that you won't be part of that circle. So how do you... Make sure you are. So yep. it isn't turning up for one hour team drinks every Wednesday or something. It's actually, how do I get to know my team? How do I have lunch with people? How do I catch up yep. with people? How do I hear their stories? How do they hear mine? Yeah. Get to know each other. I think that that's really important. Totally agree. It's huge. And I think it's like, what watch this space. Because I think we'll, we're observing it and we'll see what the fallout or what the benefits are, a bit of both, um, are over the coming years. I think it's very, very interesting. It's like observational for me. Yep. Not necessarily deeply actionable, but it's yeah. like, ooh. Yeah, hmm, different. And, and and not forgetting, there's a really good article. We'll actually, we'll share it. But there's a really good article at the moment that's going going around a little bit. That's about this importance of hanging out with other people. Yeah, as part of being well. Yeah. So you can be well when you do your fitness and mm-hmm. talk to the dog and hang out at home, go to the beach, yep. whatever, whatever. All good, well being. Yep. But equally, there's this need to be part of society, to be connected yeah. to others, to be useful and relevant to others. Yeah. And there's also an element of achievement. Most of us have something in our psyche that says, I like to do well. Yeah, you could be <laughs> fit but lonely, Hundred, yeah, big time. So as we decide how you want to run that hybrid for you personally, you have to decide, make sure it's fair, yep. not just for yourself but for your team and the people you're working with. Yep. Um, well-being is also got this added element of connection and, and being around other people. And the third thing is this idea in an organisation, you're going to have to think deeply about work design mm. And making it work for individuals, teams, and the organization. Do you think people got a little less collective and a little bit more individualistic? Like, I know that's a very like Hofstede or. Probably did. And certainly that's how we're seeing that lack of moderation, which was what the psychologist said would happen. Yeah. Is you're hanging out in a house with people who agree with you most of the time. Yeah. Or know how to debate with you. Yeah. And all of a sudden you come back to work and you've got these big opinions that you're used to being very connected on yeah and all of a sudden you're back in the office and everyone disagrees yeah 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 <laughs> just thinking it through it it was sort of a working draft not a um yeah statement but it is that point we made originally about exaggerating the other person's view to make yourself look smarter yeah you make the other person so extreme and dumb that you're right yeah whereas actually their view is pretty close to yours it's just a, it's just a nuanced difference which yeah. is something to listen and be curious about not something to beat yeah totally Next one, this connection, constant tension between humanity yep. and technology. So this need, which we're just talking about, the um, need for physical social connection balanced over this ever-ready technology, ever-connected technology. How do yep. we get this balance better? Yeah, I think this one will come out, this podcast goes out, as does our newsletter um, go out. And Tash in our team has written a great article on recruitment and talent. And it mm. absolutely touches on what about the human or humanity within that example 
that, and we've spoken about it many times before, but recruitment just going faster because of technology doesn't make great recruitment, doesn't make a human process, doesn't make a, a better hire. It just means you can turf resumes quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and so is that great? Like, so we need to be more critical on technology for human impact and benefit opposed to just for the fun of it or who knows what or haven't thought about it. Yeah, and, and not this constant, this report. Like, I love the people going, with no commute, no training, no meetings, no conversations, I am incredibly efficient. Yeah. And you got incredibly efficient at what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are, you, what are you doing and, like, how? Like, we could probably speed up, use technology to speed up this podcast, but we'll make it better to listen to? No. And so should we do that? No. And, like, yeah, it's that sort of level of just thinking and care that yeah. needs to be applied. thinking and care and your impact on others is actually part of your job. Yeah. Like I might be very efficient and very productive, but um, understanding a project you're working on, giving you some help, you helping back in the mind, making mine a bit better, yeah. this is actually part of our work. Yeah. And so being together is actually pretty important sometimes. Human connection does use up your time. It can be meandering, can be a bit messy, yeah. um, but without it, how do we learn? How do we collaborate? How do we workshop? How do we create things together? I think there's a big questions yeah. um, and hopefully we'll get technology that's not mm. just always on, mm. Mm. Uh, but actually on in a way that's relevant and connected to other human mm. beings. And it's a, to, to go back to the two-speed economy one and, you know, I can be fit fit but not well or not connected or socially connected is that yep. is a way we socially connect is at work with others when we are working together. Yeah. Whatever our makeup is. Yeah. Everyone needs a degree of it. Yes, very, very much so. So we use technology to support us, not to control us. Agreed. Yeah, cool. Um, third one. Organisational culture is finally understood. Well, yeah. more understood, but definitely valued. Was, yeah, people want to know more about it. People that have always wanted to know want to go deeper. People that were like, yeah, this thing, I think it's important. are like, I know that it's important what I do now. And I think we've moved past that sort of space where we were saying, the very fundamental level, do we have respect and decency and are we safe? These are all very important things yep. and they're foundational, but they don't help you thrive. They just stop you from going backwards. So they're yep. sort of the detractors. Let's remove them. So we have respect, we have decency, we have kindness and decency in, in a workplace. Um, but now we want to talk about the impact we can have on each other. How do we get to people that are thriving, able to contribute their best, confident, yep. um, creative, uh, and that's in culture. That's in how we treat each other, in the relationships that we have, how we work together. We sort of go back um, on that one all the time. You just got to get those big four right. Mm -hmm. So you've got to get purposeful work. Yep. It doesn't need to be grand and esoteric. Mm -hmm. It just needs to be, is this relevant meaning for other people? So yep. purposeful work. You got to get relationships right, obviously, and that goes to the other the other points on this as well, and that connectivity and everything else. So the relationship. Um, style approach how connected people are how they work together how they challenge each other at work yeah. like all those things are important with what we said yeah that's two agency freedom that back to how do we want to work how do i want to work how do you want to work how do we want to work together yeah and the last one is accountability and achievement yeah is very much a part of how we are wired <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you don't have it it's sort of yeah bit yeah. of a wallow and if you think about those four all of them layer through this really well and they sort of where one of them breaks down a bit or is challenged a bit shows you where the problems lie. So like if two speed doesn't, isn't driving accountability and there's differences in that, that's causing a relationship tension, for example. So you sort of see how they connect together. Yeah. And you can also see it in how this culture measurement's playing out. Yeah. 
but also in how we talk about culture. And I think that's yeah. really important. So this sort of idea that we've got a marketing campaign in the war for talent to put my brand out there, be, you know, we're the best at X, Y, Z. Yeah. Whereas now we're saying you must create a culture yeah. that is sustainable, where people can thrive, that you're longitudinally measuring and understanding. Yeah. yeah and that you're totally seeing how that impact works um, uh, in, in what they're doing. I think that that's really key. And people are, I think that longitudinal part you raised is everything is that it's not like, hey, how are you feeling today? It's how does that look over time? How does the work go? Um, how are you feeling? But also, are you doing great work? How do they fit together? What's the interplay? Um, it's seeing those patterns and trends, not just like, I don't know, some random thing that you're not measuring the same thing tomorrow. And it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's, seeing, it's sort of seeing those patterns and trends. I think yeah. it's really important. Uh, we would say culture is a complex system. Measure yep. it. Don't measure just sentiment. Measure how it all comes together. Yep. Um, culture is everyone's responsibility and opportunity. Yep. How do you make it great as well as participate in something that's great and focus on data, not opinions. Yeah, love it. Fourth one. Yeah, we put it as like laggard capability build, right? Yeah. So like we said, <laughs> hey, actually, there's a couple of things where we have skills that just haven't been built as quickly as we need it. And that's sort of well known. And people are talking about that all the time. Um, and some jobs are tough and people don't want to do them or it's hard. Or how do we find people to do that? Yep. That's sort of the backdrop. Yep. Um, there's a whole raft of things that have happened probably, but it's like, how has capability been built? It hasn't in parts and who should have done it? Well, it should have been government. It should have been, you know, it should have <laughs> been, been education. You, it should have been you, not me. <laughs> it should have been the organization. It doesn't really matter no. sort of laying blame. It's like, what on earth are we going to do now to fix it? Mm. And that's what we're seeing this year, right? And mm. we were last year is people care deeply about capability and it's a reason to get people back together. And it's sort of the way I think of it is like capability is seen as a great reason for people to physically be back together. It's like we're learning something together. We're thinking of a new approach together. Um, we're going to be better together, sort of how I would land that. Um, I think it's being big. Yeah. And I think the irony of it is a lot of the time when organizations are like, wow, we have to go rapid capability build because we yeah. didn't invest for so long. Yeah. Um, they're saying we should build an academy. Yeah, okay. yeah, they are. And, and the irony of calling it an academy is it's actually as far from what we would traditionally think of as an academy as it could be. Yes. Yeah. Because it's actually much more of a, a complex system understanding of learning and growth yeah. by weaving into a workplace, not just the lessons or putting formal training in or micro-credentials or whatever it happens to be, yeah. but equally putting on the job training, mentoring, coaching, all those things to rapidly improve people's ability both in the skill set they currently work in, yeah. but equally in changing tracks into different skill sets and I retraining. Agree. I think when you hear academy, you think of things like police academy, I like TV <laughs> show or the military. place, military. <laughs> and you go, that makes sense probably in those contexts. And it's like a place that you go, but hold on, isn't work the academy? You know what I mean? In, in and of itself. Absolutely. And then that's how we think about it. That's how yeah. we look at it. And, and people, are, I, I was in a meeting the other day and the person said, I've got this... A fabulous idea we do 10 percent of our training formally and then we did 70 percent yeah. yeah. on the job yeah, the but three e's 70 20 yeah. 10 came back out, i think hey? yeah i think that's i think that's been around since i was 10 years old like it's a yep. it's a very old idea and an accurate one like we yep. do learn most of our skills and capability as we do our job yeah listening to conversations participating practicing yeah mastering these are all things you have to do on the job yeah um that's why training and, and practice is so essential in every single job we have yeah. So now we're starting to rethink that. We're trying to design jobs where people learn as they go, 
Um, yeah. We're changing fields. We're comfortable with taking our workforce from one profession to another profession um, and building it internally, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, we're trying not to just write 10 years of XYZ, exactly the same job experience, for example, too. You know, like, hey, what are you actually going to do? How could that apply? Thinking more creatively about, yeah, yeah, that job over here is actually a bit like this when I boil it down. And what are the gaps on that to actually move it forward? When we look at it, a lot of jobs are transferable. Yeah, absolutely. Skills are. Skills are, yeah. And I think the, the last piece of that is the one that you mentioned, which is these these jobs that are unattractive. Yeah. And and they're not necessarily the ones that we think, like unsafe jobs, jobs are getting safer, um, yep. remote jobs if someone doesn't want to live remotely, et cetera, et cetera. It's also things like nursing yeah. and teaching, jobs yep. that have been put under enormous amounts of pressure yep. and transport that have been under so much pressure in the last couple of years yeah. that they're exhausted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so thinking about how do you get those jobs so that they're doable yep. and replenishing people's energy yep. and not just overworking them, understaffing them, this is really mm. hard. Imagine if your reference point is, I don't know, you're 19, mate, pick pick a number, a number doesn't matter, but you're youngish and you're gonna, you, I've always wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. And you say, holy crap, my biggest, closest reference point to me as I wanted to do that was a global pandemic. Yeah. I don't really know what happened before, but actually yeah. it was probably more normal conditions, but really a hard and very important job. And then you go, do I want to go into a pandemic thing? But yeah, it doesn't last forever, but you'd go, nah, thanks. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Most people would. And it's I think really they're, hard. they're stepped out of university, having wanted to do this job for so long or training yeah. into the workplace and we're short-staffed. And it's uh, totally different. Under pressure, behind a mask, and yep. they're, they're tired. Yeah. And then they're looking at a generation above them and above them and above them, beyond them, that are just saying, I've had enough. Yeah, I'm out. Right. And so we, as a society, you know, the other conversation was about GPs. Yeah. You know, they're, they're the central point of controlling all our health care, and yet they're just exhausted. You can barely get an appointment. So we have to think differently about these jobs that are unattractive as well. Community building as a leadership capability, something that we've talked about forever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it's always been part of the job. That's what a leader does. They create the space for others to do incredibly well yep. and to thrive and to enjoy it and be well and everything at work um, and connections where it's at. So it's not just can I organize the work, can I set a KPI, can I set a goal, etc. But yep. equally, can I do it in a way where other people can thrive on my watch? Great. So what does it take to thrive? Back to the original. Back to the original. I think we covered them a little earlier broadly. It was like, <laughs> yep, did. purposeful work, relationships, agency, and accountability and expecting a great contribution from people. Yeah. That's it. It, yep. it holds true, right? Yeah. We, we, we rise to expectations of us all the time. Yeah. And if they're low, we rise to that too. <laughs> yeah. We rise quicker because it's easier. <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah. So building a community. I think what it will do, and we've talked about this quite a lot with a, a lot of clients, is this rethink of, of the, the most important leadership skills that you can train anybody in. Um, the first one of them is work design. How do we get this work done for the things we want to get done? Um, second one is how do we communicate that and storytell it in a way that's engaging yep. and enticing and helps people come on the journey with us. Um, performance and expectations is an important part of that. Mm -hmm. And then back to that growing capability, a leader's role, coaching, encouraging, allowing people to learn, creating a learning environment for everybody in the team to lift yeah. um, is a very, very important part of what Leader does. So they were what we saw in 2022 and absolutely thematically what will drive 2023. Yeah. Um, so it's two-speed workforce. 
and then it's this sort of constant tension and need for thinking between humanity and technology to make sure technology doesn't drive humanity and humanity drives um, what works for it yep. out of tech. Yep. Third one, organizational culture is a complex system and understanding how it comes together, not just as a sentiment score. Yep. This idea of um, we've been too slow in building capability, yep. lots of blame plays, who should have done what, but now yep. there's like a, oh my God, we just need to fix it. How are we going to go about it? <laughs> we need more technology people, more nurses, more teachers, more GPs. This is just a reality of what we're looking at. Yep. And the final one, we need to build community back again. Yep. Uh, anywhere it's been lost to make sure that that's a leadership capability and designing work in a way that can be very connected to the people who are doing it. That's our big five. That's it. That's the end of the podcast. Keep listening. <laughs> Thank you.